Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Boom! We are live. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast about fitness. A podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype yes. of the health and fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to do a little poetry to follow the program or not to follow the program. <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> Whether it is nobler in the mind <laughs> to suffer the slings and arrows of a thousand misfortunes. A thousand reps. <laughs> you didn't expect me to know the next line, did you? I definitely did not. Yeah, no. You should have known better. So, on this episode, we want to talk about essentially random training yields random results. That's a quote that I actually said to a lot of people when I sold them training or enrolled them in my training. Being like, um, you know, after doing a consult and lay down the periodized plan and lay down the game plan and then tell them, you know, if you're not actually planning and you're planning to fail, failing to plan. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I actually really like that conversation so the way we landed on this one should we tell the story you go ahead so the the way we landed on this one was we were talking about the concept of this it's a topic that we're going to tackle at one point um hard to start harder to finish and you know in a lot of ways you'll see people that they can get started but continuation and and seeing something through as it pertains to fitness is kind of a hard thing to do for myself, I was on a very regimented program for years under Larry and then Henrik and then Aslan. And when I stopped doing weightlifting, it wasn't my choice to stop, but it was something I had to do at the time. And when I didn't have that focus anymore, I used to walk around the gym lost. Like it was so weird engaging in exercise again because I'd been so structured for so long. Yeah. But this conversation is often framed as it purports to say that not having a plan is bad. And I understand that side of it, but I think there's another argument or another discussion to be had on how that can actually be something that's uh, very good and and a good aspect for people to have in their fitness. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. We can explore the topic a little bit. I think when we like start to get into it, though, like at least speaking for myself, for the years that I've been training, I have done less programs and more consistent play and kind of just random training in my gym life than I have actually executed programs. I think I've only maybe banged out, say maybe like let's ballpark at 10 programs in the last 10 years. And if a program only lasts four weeks, that means I'm not, I haven't done that many programs, but I've done a lot of play and I just consistently play. So I would say I'm above average for in shape, but I definitely feel like if I was following a program with specific, like a specific target in mind, I definitely feel that I would uh, get the results that I'm looking for faster. So let's, let's frame up the arguments and do it kind of separately one at a time. Is that fair? Sure. I think it'll be easier to follow. So do you want to take, do you want to take the side of, of the contention that, um, random training and we'll call it play is a good thing or do you want to start with limitations of of set principle 
Well, let's do it as a good thing first. Okay, I like it. Let's start with the... I, it's all going to be good. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, it's just different sides of a coin. So this is something that's usually referred to as a bad, a bad thing. And for me, I think that the, the higher truth to exercise is going to be consistency for the most part. The highest truth, yeah. Yeah, so I've had people tell me, oh, I know you don't like yoga. I'm like, no, you don't know that about me at all. I do like yoga. I've personally done yoga classes with you. Yes, and I enjoy them. I like them. I, I think the place that yoga sits in, in my perspective, which is only my perspective, is that it is best utilized for finding quiet time uh, and finding kind of that spiritual aspect to relaxation and connecting with your body. I think that's its best use. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have utility in other things, but if you want to, say, specifically train a shoulder, we're not dealing with a scientific approach to training that joint. So I say that's the limitation. Yeah, and if you actually listen to, like, high-level, like, yoga instructors, like, they often say, at least in North, like, the North American, like, uh, variation of yoga is so specific and focused on, like, the workout function of yoga rather than the uh, spiritual connection. And I'm not a yogi, so I can't speak to it that well, but... When I listen to the high-level guys, that's essentially what they're saying in, like, North American culture. Yeah, so I, I think there's actually higher truths to particularly training a joint issue that would involve assessment and, and direct targeting. But I digress. At the end of the day, if somebody wants to create space for themselves to have time to, to do something, do some stretching, and and maybe get some more ranges, is yoga a bad thing to do? I would say... Absolutely not. It's a great thing to do. Given the choice of that, or you're not going to do anything, I would take yoga a thousand percent, Yeah, which isn't statistically possible, but that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. So I think the random training thing, there's some, the biggest value to that is it's easier to find consistency. If you can engage in something where you can auto-regulate, choose something you enjoy, especially if you have people to do it with. Mm-hmm. So like you and me, when we hit the gym, it's very rare that we'll actually do a program. It's like, hey, let's try to do this. Can you keep up? We're going to do this today. We're going to play horse. There's value to that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to speak to the value of play in working out? What, what are the positives that you've noticed? So random inputs in some ways, but what are the not so random outcomes that you've had? Well, definitely, like, I'm I'm a little torn on the issue because, again, like, it, it's, it is two sides of the coin, like you say. Like, I believe that, uh, like, foundational things and basics, like a good, sometimes a really good structured program to get you results can be a little bit monotonous, a little bit tedious, a little bit repetitive and mm-hmm. quote-unquote boring. And I think that's where I struggle personally with following a program is I don't want to do the same four days of exercise for four to six weeks in a row, even though I'm quite aware that, that will progress me nicely and I'll, I'll definitely see results in those specific areas for me why i i guess i opt in for playing more so is that it just kind of gives me the freedom the freedom of expression i guess or creativity to kind of like well today i want to body build and then tomorrow i'm going to look like olympic weightlift and then i'm going to do gymnastics like kind of it kind of like gives me those options i guess personally i think freedom is a big a big thing especially for you it's a unique scenario because you're not just some guy you're not guy in garage um you're you know you've been involved in the industry a long time you've had good coaches you've been around other good coaches um you've seen a lot of variability 
So I think your ability to feel something out based on how you're feeling that day is much higher than the average person. Too. Yeah. And I was going to say that as like a caveat to, to this, this methodology of play, like going to the gym and kind of doing whatever I want. Like I have very good body awareness and like doing a body scan. Like when I go into the gym and be like, well, what did I do yesterday? What did I do the day before? What's actually hurt and what's taxed and what's available to me? It's right. probably higher than your average person mm -hmm. um, in order to execute said play. And having been trained by multiple like multiple people in those things um i'm like a jack of all trades when it comes to different expressions of movement i guess mm -hmm. like i don't claim to be a uh you know a master sensei in any any art of exercise but i'm relatively proficient in most styles and i don't think the average person is so like when we opt in for play for the average person it's not something that i often suggest to people like to your average joe being like you know what you should just train like me and do whatever you want like play i actually really like the idea of people having space to go and explore and and practice mm -hmm. I, I really think that that's a good thing even for somebody that's newer like really connecting with okay listen you've you've been through this many phases with me i want you to do a day where you're like uh, putting together your favorite stuff for the core and we'll talk about how it went I think that it would be really valuable for people to actually kind of go through that and, and see what, what they remember and explore and stuff. I think that it's a lot more challenging than people would expect, though, because when you have more options, things almost get turbulent. I have actually tried to coach some of my more long-term clients to do that, and some of them are just generally resistant to it. Like, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to build your three-day program, and on day four, I want you to kind of explore do what you enjoy feel it out play around in the gym and they're just like uh just 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 tell me what to do on day four like just give me the just put it in there yeah well and that's a stylistic thing but meeting somebody where they're at as far as style can be a big deal too. give people enough freedom that they can enjoy the kind of the fruits of their labor and see how things are changing mm -hmm. so i think that in a lot of ways the exploration of movement and the play aspect is really good for your head, A, especially for certain styles of people. But also, like, it shouldn't be vilified that you're doing something. And that's something I struggle with, with therapists and doctors. Uh, I had a new guy named Glenn that I was talking to, and he said, oh, okay, so as we straighten out what's going on with my neck, should I not do anything else? And I'm like, no, absolutely, you should do other stuff. You know, should you do stuff that hurt you? No, but... Like, you really enjoy cardio. Should you do some cardio? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think it's a great idea to take more movement away from you. Yeah. So I think on that side of the coin, there needs to be this balance with, like, having a foundation for how do I set up a structure, but also getting an understanding of, like, this is how I explore and this is how I can enjoy movement. Like, I'm on the playground with my kids. I might as well see how many times I can go across the monkey bars. Yes, yes. I think... I think it's very good for the head to just get out there and play and just experience life that way. Yeah, it's... You said something before we actually started recording. I've honestly always felt a little bit insecure for the fact that I don't follow programs because I actually preach programs to all of my clients. I preach the value of the program, like you have a specific goal that you're looking for, so we need a specific program to get you there. But I myself not really doing it and my goals though are not very specific either because i just love exercise i've reached a point in my fit like my, my personal fitness where it's just a passion i just love to move and i love to just feel good whether it's chasing a pump chasing a skill or lifting something heavy or getting out of breath like all of the above i enjoy it 
So there's nothing really specific. But you said, I've always said to people, like, random training yields random results. And you're like, yes, it yields results, which is kind of where I'm at. And I've never seen it that way before personally. Well, at the end of the day, what you have available for you and what you've cultivated is that you're treating movement as an end instead of a means, which there's some there's some real truth in that. And that's why I'm saying that to you is that for you, have you had results over the years? Uh, you don't have a sore back anymore, man. Like, let's let's start there. I remember when that was not the case by any stretch. Yeah. Um, you're in the sort of shape where you can do what you want to do, which means you own physical freedom. Mm-hmm. And you're not in a, a sort of situation where you feel self-conscious going to the swimming pool. So you've created a situation for yourself where you're treating exercise as the end itself. You're exploring movement and enjoying the process. And that is kind of the goal. It's like, well, I'm, I'm kind of living what I want. So do I need something really custom to go after right now? Do th- I don't think you need to be self-loathing over that. Do you think though, so like we're speaking a lot to obviously me personally, but do you think that it's ideal for your average gym goer to essentially train the way I am? Cause I don't think so. They don't like, I feel like the average person is going to lack the experience and the coaching. I think the it's, knowledge. I think it's a harder sell than people understand. Like, all the things that go into what you do, you actually do have more structure than you think. If I talk to you through what your program looks like, it actually, you do have a more of a defined kind of setup than you think. Mm-hmm. If I walked you through a month, it would actually, you'd see a mosaic come together and the average person can't do that. But I also don't want to vilify it to the extent where it's like, well, if you're not on a custom program, you shouldn't do anything. Yeah. It's like, no, you know what? If it's move or don't move, choose movement. Mm-hmm. explore it, do what you can with it. And I'd love you to get more educated on what you can do and how to do it and all these things. But the foundational level is, are you moving? Say yes, that's a good thing. Even if you're just doing quote unquote low level cardio and you're going to do it daily for 20 minutes, I'll take that man. And you know what? I like to build on that a little bit more because I think it'll add to your life more. Yeah, sure. But I don't think that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. So that for me is like we don't want to vilify movement moving for the sake of moving and really it's it's a really high truth to talk about exercise being the end and not just a means because that is a a beautiful thing if you can get somebody to that point Mm -hmm. so on the other end of it though do you want to you want to talk about the other side of that coin which side of the coin so we talked about like the the positive like it's side. a good thing you want to talk Where, about the negatives about random yeah, training so, i'm actually more curious about big biceps mcgee over here like how oh, not me mine don't look at me oh god <laughs> um no for you i most of the time i think you're on a program so like over the last 10 years are you on a program 90 percent of the time 75 percent of the time from 2008 to 2014 consistently on a program habitually on a program yeah from 2014 to 2020 almost never so you've been off program i was off program and freewheeling it like you were you were doing some gymnastics with me i would do some some big pumps with lj we'd do like some muscle up workouts and stuff like that especially when my leg was really bad um so those biceps are random is what you're saying (laughs) well i'm working with uh, adam (laughs) from n1 and caleb and they're they're helping me work through some stuff right now so i've been on program again for the last eight weeks and for me, being on program, I'm on dietary program and exercise, which is very rare for me. I've only ever been on 
a diet where I actually tracked what I was eating mm-hmm. one time and it was for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So the last eight weeks is the longest I've ever tracked what I'm eating. And I put on eight pounds of lean body mass in that time frame. So I'm experiencing again what you can accomplish if you have a defined goal. And my defined goal is I want to be more muscular than I've ever been dealing with what I'm dealing with because that would just be something that's nice to accomplish. Yeah. So over the last like 10 to 14 years-ish, you're 50% on program when you were like chasing your Olympic weightlifting and now then you're off program playing for a long time. So that's all I wanted to know. So going yeah. back to the coin, like the, the more so negative aspects of random training and not really having any structure. So this is going to get into another topic. We're going to have to talk about it on another day, but we, we already opened it up where it's like, yeah, starting a program is challenging, but people will pay the money to get their program and they'll get like a six or eight or 12 week program. Sometimes they'll pay a lot of money for that. But a lot of them don't actually see it all the way through. And if they do see it all the way through, they're not getting all the details right because that takes a lot of engagement from the coach and not all systems offer that. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of people buying programs and not getting out of them what they wanted. And oftentimes it's because they didn't finish them and they didn't really know what to expect as far as results. Yeah. So, you know, the negative side of this coin is how do you stay motivated if you don't know exactly what to expect and make sure that you're on the right path? Yeah. It's funny. I just had a client, uh, like someone reach out to me mm-hmm. in regarding to uh, asking for my training. And I was talking to them about um, session costs and programming costs and things like that. And uh, I even said, like, you know, like a program's not mandatory. You can treat our training sessions as just essentially tune up sessions or learning sessions, like however you want, like whatever you want to get out of it. But a program is not like 100% mandatory. And she's like, and she's had multiple trainers in the past, and I know those trainers gave out programs. And she's like, man, I've started so many programs, I've completed about none of them. So she's like, I don't think I really want a program because never actually completed one. Started a lot. So we should probably talk about that at some point. It's going to be a whole different topic. But what is it that allows you to complete a program? And I talked to a client this morning, a very successful client named Chase, and no more back pain after 10 years. Really good. We've accomplished a lot of good stuff. He's like, I don't feel like we're on the same page right now. We need to talk. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely we do. So we talked. And he was concerned about what the next phase looked like as far as the, the amount of exercises in the sets and all this sort of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, what it ended up coming to was that I hadn't communicated well enough for him what to expect. So he was concerned about what he was going to get out of it. And we came to an understanding, but... I think in a lot of ways, sticking to a program, you need to understand what it is. Make sure that it's um, doable for your schedule, for your skill set, for, for your confidence levels. And then you need to know what to expect out of it. Yeah. Because when you talk, like we were talking to Diane and she was saying, well, you know, as a, a lay person, quote unquote, I, it's hard for me to know what to expect. How much should I see in a week? Because I have friends that tell me like, in two days, like I haven't noticed a difference and I've been eating really well. It's like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. So, yeah. And it's funny too, like even when you say that, like I've, I've run into situations where I've thought 10 steps ahead, but I only communicated, communicated two steps ahead to the client and that causes them anxiety because they actually, they either A, like think that I'm not on the ball or B, like maybe we're lost or they just don't know what's happening. But like, and then I'm like, oh, wait. And then I'll like spin the laptop around and be like, this was actually the plan. It's actually 10 steps ahead rather than the two that you're thinking. 
So let's talk about these 10 steps and make sure that you're aware and you're bought into it and it all makes sense. We're on the same page, but that's just more of a communication of like just getting ahead of myself and not actually bringing it up to the client, right? Yeah, I like to discuss that as I have the video, but you have the picture. Yeah. So communicating with them what's coming next and what to expect and, and all that sort of stuff. That is all part and parcel of staying on a program. But I think it would be a really hard thing to say that random beats targeted. I think that would be a really hard conversation to create. Like if you created that contention, it would be hard to back up. Yeah. Specifically where Diane is dealing with it, I know this person probably listens to this podcast and they're going to be like, oh, they're calling me out. Oh. Um, it's a she. And she's been actually training with myself consistently for a while. And she's been executing her programs for a while. She's doing a really good job, like really good job. Mm -hmm. Um but she's not getting the aesthetic changes that she would like. She's not dropping the pounds like she wants to. And um, lots of like impatience and frustration with it. Like, oh, it's not working. Oh, it's not working. And I was like, you know, trying to set those realistic expectations. We've had these conversations of like, this is what the realistic expectation is, the outcome. And like also the nutrition plays a part in it. But it's just like, and then when you say like have these conversations that like the message goes in and she's like, yeah, 100% understood. I get it. But, and then like the tweak comes, you know what I mean? Like the little yeah. tweaker twitching in her eyes where she's like, oh, I just like, I just, why, why isn't it changing? Like, and there's frustration with, um, without getting the result that she's looking for. Right. Um, that's kind of the situation. Yeah. Well, and you know, those situations, it's, it's just, it's like anything else. And I would say this is actually the strength of a program because in a program you can say well you know you're putting in these inputs and we have information so we can make informed decisions whereas when th everything's random you can't make informed decisions because you might not have the information whereas when you're on a program you can make informed decisions because you have the right information and you can adjust to what you're seeing and plan for it so that's one of the main benefits is like well how am I going to work through this? Because here's all the inputs that I'm putting in. And in a lot of cases, in my experience, you can draw to like, here's what I'm not focusing on. Mm -hmm. So I've had people that like, oh, my diet's locked in this week. And then I look at their sleep log and it's like, well, four hours, three hours, four hours. Like you're low energy. Weird, right? Yeah. And those are just like when we talk about, like when you talk about the information, that's just the information that we don't really have. Like a lot of the time when you're just dealing with a personal training client in general, mm -hmm. like I have my precision nutrition level one, but I don't really like to build people meal plans. I'm not a huge believer in meal plans and I'm not, um, I believe there's value into tracking macros, but only short term because I think for a general lifestyle client, I don't think that it's realistic to track your macros and measure your food for the rest of your life. So I think tracking macros is best to do it short term to kind of understand your portion sizing and then try to execute it uh, more automatically, autonomous, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, when I look at food, this is a really interesting conversation because I, I've been ex I've been... I've exercised enough that I haven't really thought about what I eat for most of, of my adult life. And, and it wasn't until my diagnosis that I started making adjustments. And that was hard. And then tracking for me was really different because I, I was just so used to just eating what I wanted. I think that tracking can be a very positive experience if it's treated right. And for me, I've only been doing it for eight weeks and it's so much faster and easier now. 
I have like pre-saved meals and things that I know that I often eat. And so now it's like a, a real easy part of my day, but that's only important if it has the importance for that person's current goals. Yeah. Importance for that person's current goals. But the importance has to be high enough though for you, like you're eating, you're eating yeah. this way for your like health because of your MS diagnosis. Right. Whereas somebody who only wants to lose 10 pounds, but you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, but you're already in a relationship and it's been a long-term relationship, you don't need like, what, like, honestly, why do people want to look good? Like, why do people want to look quote unquote, like sexy or aesthetic? And a lot of the time it's boils down to that's, looking for the part, like looking for your partner. Write, write that down. Cause that's a good conversation to have. That's, that's a longer conversation because there's a lot of psychological underpinnings because it tells you about how you present yourself in the world and your readiness state to express what you can express. Mm -hmm. So Chase, I already mentioned him in this episode. He right now is not worried about performance. He's getting on the golf course. He's a pro golfer. Um, he's not worried about performance right now. He's really happy with how he's performing. He's like, I need to look great on the golf course so I can carry that confidence through my game. Yeah. So why do people want to look good? There's a lot of underpinnings there, but at the end of the day, it's like, does that take precedence right now? Is it worth the amount of effort that you're putting in? And sometimes the answer is no. Like, if you have a lot of other things going on, like you got, you know, you got a kid coming, you got all this sort of stuff, you got all these other worries. Do we need the extra stress of I need to have everything locked in and weighed and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the macro tracking that I do, it's like, I have an idea of what, how much meat that is. I'm not going to go and weigh every last thing. That's, that would ruin my day. Yeah. It's like, well, I went to Gaucho's. How am I going to figure out what that is? Well, every golf ball portion is going to be around an ounce. So it's like, well, I had like 20 ounces. <laughs> half was white meat, half was dark meat. Cool. We'll call that good enough. Is it perfect? No. Is it some data to go on? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I think that the whole random results leads or random impact inputs leads to and random results is fair that's a fair statement but i would rather take a random input rather than no, no input. input facts well if you made it this far thanks for joining us if you want to if you want us to dig into any more of these topics go ahead and leave us a comment please like and subscribe it's always good to hear from people that are following and, and get some feedback on what they want to talk about so yeah, I think this episode definitely like diversed into a couple different potential topics. So if anything wants to be dug into specifically, definitely let us know. But for now, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.